Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good morning. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Uh, we are Buchanan Service Centers. 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge, where we do brakes right the first time. We're on Dodge, so stop in and see us. I'm Bob, sitting next to him, Kyle, every week. And we're, this is an interactive call-in show where we uh, you think of the, the questions, and uh, we'll give you our top one or two answers and, and let you know what we've seen or haven't seen or new have cars. Have yet to see. Have yet to see. <laughs> yeah, well, there's always something yet to see, you know. Every every new car, every new model, they fix some things and then they put in more stuff that's going to break. And then they screw up a great thing. It was working great. This was a great design, and they said, "Well, we, if it's a great design, it don't break. We need to we need to fix that and yeah. make it break." <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> and then once they have enough recalls on whatever it is, you know, it. Uh, then they fix that problem. We don't see it anymore. But you know, cars are complicated machines anymore. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So, you know, it it just stands to reason they're going to break for a different reason, you know. Instead of we used to put points, plugs, and overhaul the carburetor and and do all that stuff every six months, now it's every five years. And so cars have gotten way, way, way better. It's just now that they're considerably more expensive to fix. Yeah. But. A lot more going on. A lot. You know, and it's, it's not only, it started off with cars. But it's it's drug its way, you know, all the way up the chain. I mean, mm-hmm. now you've got uh, it went into just heavier duty trucks. Now it's really heavy duty trucks, and then semis, and yeah. now now you just go uh, drive your combine to the edge of the field, and you plug in the coordinates, and <laughs> yeah, it does the whole thing. Yeah, you let it you let it either plant itself or you let it's it like uh, a Roomba. Yeah, it's like for a cornfield. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, there you go. John Deere's got a Roomba. Roomba corn yeah uh, cornfield edition yeah yeah, yeah planter or uh, whatever whatever it would be God, that's something combine it, it isn't it though just do all that off there yeah so do you come back and I'm sure it works pretty good I'm I'm sure you have to stake hope so you don't sure you want have to that st- thing going on the loose no yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you rip up every fence you got and oh god it uh, you know. Does half your neighbors and you know everything else. So yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Same with same with your lawnmower. I like the lawnmower idea though, where you you just turn it on and you 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 do your entire yard, and then when it runs low on battery, it goes finds home. It it charges yeah. it and and uh, comes back and it just mows the whole lawn all the time. It takes only a little bit. Of quarter. So it could be mowing the lawn two three times a day. And by the time you get done, it's always perfect. Yeah, that's a great idea. You just I need w- one of those. Yeah, you know. It would it, save a lot. It would, and then the backyard would be fine, but how does it get to the front yard? Yeah. Well. Unless you've got grass that rose over there and can go back. 
I mean, at that rate, I'm almost willing to buy two. <laughs> well, then you, <laughs> and then you come back and you find your one in the in the back okay, but yeah. the one in the front's gone. Somebody's helped themselves to that one. Or it's overcutting a neighbor's grass. I mean, where does it stop? Oh, you wow. Like yeah, well, that's, coordinates that's, yeah, I suppose. If it cuts the neighbor's grass, I suppose you just let it go and send them a bill. Well, yeah. you got to pay for, pay for that thing somehow. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. You just set it in somebody's yard, and I'll be back tomorrow to pick it up. Yeah. Cut great. your grass for X amount of dollars. I don't know. Hmm. All right. All so, these new business opportunities. Yeah, they're always... <laughs> There's always new business opportunities in there. That's for sure. That's for sure. I got I you know I'm doing some research for the show and, and I ran across this this uh, news story which I thought was interestingly. Uh, so there was a this is this originates in Canada. A guy was out riding yeah. his bicycle and got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And he did some damage to the car, but you know he broke his arm and his leg, so obviously he's out of work for a while. Yeah. And then uh, the insurance company sent uh, for the car, sent him a bill. Okay. Because he damaged the car. Yeah. Because the car ran into him. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So. What a world. What a world. Well, technically, he did damage the car, uh, but he wasn't the one that hit the car. The car hit him. So he was not only has a broken arm, broken leg, but. Um, now he's got a bill and potentially a lawsuit. Yeah, now he's got Life a bill. Life just gets busy. <laughs> got a bill from the insurance company for the car to say that you damaged the car. And of course, I'm sure is you know, the guy driving the car probably said it wasn't his fault. Yeah. But you got to watch out for those guys. You just you got to be careful. You don't want to. It can turn bad in a hurry. Just about like uh, motorcycle seasons out. So. You know, you got you got when it gets nice, you just gotta look both ways and and watch. And, and sometimes are not as easy as to see as as uh, you'd like them to be. And we've gone through six months of not seeing a, a motorcycle yeah. at all. Now you are, so we want everybody. At least they're loud. At least they're loud. You know that. Yeah, that is the uh, that's the detection system there for sure. So we want to be everybody be out safe on the roads. And I think they're starting to get some of the gravel up off the road and. Now it's going to see more and more bikes and getting out there. So, car show season two. Car shows, yeah. I think they're kind of starting the first of May, isn't it? Uh, last week they started at Keystone. No, oh, okay. So. so get out, see your favorite favorite car. If you're if you're somebody that has uh, a classic car or something like that, get out, kind of go through, find a guy that's got your kind of car, and and stop and what he did. Stop and ask him. You know that's what it's about. That's what that car show is about: is networking. You know, yeah. we all like talking about whatever cars we got and looking at, and uh, you know, we great want to... ideas for projects there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you've been looking for a part, and this guy here says, "Yeah, I had the same problem," and this is who you call. You know, just getting out there and talking and networking a little bit, you learn so much, and what you thought you knew, you always find somebody else that knows some more and uh he can tell you about your car things about your car you didn't know yeah so we had a pontiac gto for many years and the antenna i always thought was supposed to be in the back because that's where i've seen most of them but it turns out they relocated it most of them it was up in the right front fender and people hated it up there so they they just relocated to the right rear fender but i always thought that's where it was yeah you look at other pictures and turns out that this guy was a Pontiac restoration guy. He kind of knew. So 
We're going to head over to Scott. Scott's got a uh, 2002 Pontiac Grand Am. Scott, what's going on today? I am just totally confused on this thing. It's burning coolant, and it's going through about a gallon to a tank and a half of gas. It's not It's not going into the oil. It's not going into the transmission, and it's not going onto the ground. Where the heck is it going? Out the tailpipe. Out the tailpipe. So antifreeze has too many chemicals in it to, to evaporate over a short period of time. Over a long period of time, it might. You know, years and years and 10 years or something like that. And you get the sort of crusty flakes. But yeah. So not in that time range. It's... It's going, so antifreeze does two things. It either leaks it on the ground or it burns it through the engine. Mm-hmm. Or it leaks it or burns it. That's the only two things it really does. And if it's not leaking into the uh, the radiator, and it's not going to leak into the transmission, but um, it's leaking through the head gasket, through the, through the combustion chamber, just a very little bit at a time. And the big myth is, is that if it's burning coolant, you're going to see a cloud of smoke coming out the tailpipe. Not always the case. No, it doesn't. No, and it's not the case. It uh, sometimes it will if it's really bad, but uh, it's just burning a little bit at a time. And I'm going to assume this Grand Am is what uh, four cylinder, six, six cylinder. Okay, so yeah, you got the plastic intake on there that can have a problem too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a good block test on that engine. That's exactly what we would do. Okay. We do a block test on it. Uh, if you if you there, you know they you can rent kits from O'Reilly's that uh, maybe has the fluid and everything in it, and you can do a block test or take it somewhere and check a block test, but uh, I, you could probably save the money. I'm sure that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, well, the, the thing's v- got 175,000 miles on it, and I'm probably going to be the last owner, so it probably isn't worth doing it. Yet. Yeah, and, you know, they are very common for the head gaskets, excuse me, uh, intake gaskets to go bad. You sure you don't see anything in the oil? Nothing. Okay. And you the don't. It is perfectly clean. Yeah. And the other place they leak off that intake is right onto the back of the transmission, then run right to the back side of it and re- leaks right on the ground. So. Yeah. I'm not even getting any on the ground. Yeah. Well. It, whatever it's doing is all internal. And I just couldn't figure out what the heck it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... pretty much the only fix is rebuild, re- is re-put, put all the new gaskets in. Yep. Yep, just do a top end rebuild, and if you did do do that, I wouldn't. Uh, you take the take the heads out to the machine shop, have them milled and checked and pressure checked, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have valves put in it or anything because that's gonna. You're gonna make the top end a hundred percent, and the bottom end's gonna have one hundred seventy thousand miles on it, and then you're just gonna start pulling oil. And uh, where it was an antifreeze drinker, now it's gonna be an oil drinker. Yeah. So. Probably not worth the effort, especially considering the frame is rusted to the point where it can only go on a flat lift. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can tell you they're paying. Oh, seven- yeah. I pretty much just keep adding coolant until it dies. There you go. They're paying about 700 bucks for a car now. So uh, just to give you an idea what it's worth on the open market, right? The market at this is good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this compared to my uh, diesel pickup, this thing is about $200 a week cheaper. Around. Oh. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, maybe go to the salvage yard, get yourself a pan, and start draining all the antifreeze you can. We don't, yeah. really, don't really care what you put in it, as long as it's. And you're coming to summertime, so it's just water yeah. for now. Be a yeah. be a water generator. Well, I appreciate your time. Yep, no problem, Scott. Appreciate the call. Five five eight is eleven ten is the numbers to get in on the Mister Mechanic Show. We'll be right back in a minute.
The Mr. Mechanic Show presents the Mr. Mechanic Show Greatest Hits. Mr. Mechanic, yes. change my oil. Okay. All your favorites from the Mr. Mechanic Show. You need an oil change. And you can download it all for free. I love melting bulbs. Let's burn another quart of oil, baby. I said a drip, drop, a drip until the drip of your oil pans leaky, your car won't start. It goes bang, bang, boogie, your jump start, the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to be. See, I am Mr. Mechanic, and I'd like to say hello. Just follow us on Twitter at Mr. Mechanic Show. I've worked on ABS, MBG, LED, CNG, ball joints, steering rack, airbag, CBT, fuel pump, ball bearings, dipsticks, spark plugs, kingpin, power steering, CBT, lug nuts, remote starter, powertrain, supercharger, drivetrain, tranny axle, transfer case, water pump, wheelbase, I've fixed everything. And like us on Facebook, Mr. Mechanic. Let's go, boys. Every week we'll have new comedy bits for you to download. Well, I flattened all your tires, disconnected all your wires, then I stuck a banana in your tailpipe. And it's absolutely free. Now this is a story all about how my wrenches got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I changed the oil on a Chevy Bel Air. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early before, so we can answer your questions, get you back to the parts store and into the garage and fixed before the next whatever sporting event's coming up. Baseball. Baseball. Yeah, I sit down and watch the baseball game. It's about that time. It's kind of early. I think we were watching a baseball game the other day, and they were they were wearing their coats. Yeah. So I think it was in Minnesota. So uh, Tomorrow's Easter. Don't forget that. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't, you know. Every day is an Easter egg hunt in my garage. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Where's the tool I just had three yeah. minutes ago? Yeah, and you know, summer doesn't really start till after Easter because it's got to wait for your last snowstorm. And I think I think it was up north. They didn't even put the snow plows away. I think they got feet up in the okay. south, of, in North Dakota, South Dakota. They got like uh, four or five feet. So, yeah. They know what to do with it up there. They know what to do with it up there. I'm kind of glad we live right here in the middle of the of the country it seems like we get some weather but we don't we don't get that used to be well we don't get that blistering hot like it is in kansas in in july oh god and then we don't get that uh that snow like they just got (laughs) in north dakota so it seems like we're kind of in the we get tornadoes but you know even that i noticed has shifted more to the east yeah so you know it is what it is so i tell you what Tornado season. You know, here's something else I noticed uh, as an article I was reading. You know, we all know about DeLoreans. DeLorean has announced here recently that they're gonna they're gonna go electric. They're they're gonna make a uh, they're probably gonna retrofit maybe what they have, but they're gonna come out with a new DeLorean electric car. We're back at it. We're back at it. Yeah, and why not? I mean, that's we got Back to the Future already. I mean, they're oh, they got, yeah. They got built-in advertisement immediately. So why why wouldn't you do that? Oh, I want one. They, well, you know, it just showed the back of the car. It didn't show much of the back of the car, but you know, I imagine it's probably going to look like every other uh, electric car that's going to come out, which it looks like a uh, smooth bar of soap. You know, yeah. like an Irish Spring bar of soap's all smooth, and and that's kind of what you do. And that's, that's how an idea for a paint job. Well, that's yeah, that's how. Well, there you go, Irish <laughs> Spring. Yeah, yeah, streaks right through it. That's a good idea. And that's how they're going to be. That's how they're going to look because they have to They have to do that. You can't really make them square 
and get bad gas mileage and have them slippery through the through the air. It's just aerodynamics has to be a thing. Yeah. So they're all every you know they have maybe a little body lines here and there, yeah, but for the most part they're going to look like a. Uh, they're going the way of the bobsled. The bob, yeah, yeah. They're going to be it looks like a half worn <laughs> a half worn bar of soap, and that's the way they're all going to look. So, and I'm sure they're going to put their names on the back. Oh, great big letters. Great big letters, letters. Because what they all look like a bar of soap, we're not going to be able to tell what's what, and with the name on the back, we'll be able to tell what's yeah. what. So. That's kind of what all the SUVs kind of do. We've talked about that before, and that's okay. I, it's great for me. It's, I can read it better. Yeah. Before, I couldn't read it very well. Now I know what exactly that? what that is <laughs> instead of guessing. So, All right, we're going to head over to John. John's got an 09 Silverado. John, what's going on today? I got an 09 Silverado with a 5.3, and I got an oil pressure problem. It's full of oil, nothing else going on mechanically and every once in a while the pressure goes down to the light coming on saying pull the heck over okay and i'm wondering what you think it's got a lot of miles 227 well it could but i don't know well it it could be a couple of things um it could be exactly that i mean it could have low oil pressure inside the engine and um so i mean you got it with that many miles on it, you're going to have increased bearing wear, and your oil pressure is going to go down. I mean, literally, I think minimum on that's right at about 15 to 18 pounds, and that's where the light turns on at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do also have an O-ring problem on the pickup tube that goes to the oil pump. Uh, that O-ring will get go bad or get flat, and, and it just doesn't pick up like it should and it kind of cavitates it a little bit, and that causes the oil pressure to go down. Um, I, guess I, forgot, I guess I forgot to say that it doesn't do it all the time. Okay. Yeah. And all I, right. What really baffles me is if it was something wrong, it would be wrong all the time, wouldn't it? Not necessarily. In the case of the oil pressure switch and that circuit that it controls it, um, see a lot of them go bad. Normally they'll mm-hmm. leak, and that's a pretty good indicator, but... Does the uh, does the indicator just kind of go down and it just goes straight to zero and starts dinging at you all of a sudden? And then if you sh- shut it off and start it back up, does it stay the same or does it change? No, it goes down gradually as I'm driving for a while, and then it'll get start getting low, and then all of a sudden it'll get real low. And all I've ever done is put it in neutral and get some RPMs in it, and it goes up enough to. Yeah. So the dummy light goes away. Yeah. Yes, so, I know it's my dummy light. No, and I agree with Kyle is that the oil pressure switch does go bad on that truck quite often, and I don't, I don't think the '09s had it, but some of the later models do, where they, they've got a screen underneath the bottle, bottom yeah, of that. Yeah, there's going to be one in that. In that, okay, there's going to be a screen underneath the bottom of the oil pressure switch, and over that many miles, that screen has maybe gotten plugged up a little bit. And the full amount of oil pressure maybe is not getting to that switch. But switches are very common. Uh, What we would normally do in this situation is that we would unscrew the switch. We would uh, put in a manual gauge. We would run it for a while, and we would see if your particular, uh, our particular gauge uh, mirrors what you were complaining about. If it does. Oh, it has a gauge. I'm I'm saying things wrong. It has a gauge. The light I'm talking about is the info center. Yeah, but we want to put a mechanical gauge in there. Yeah, we want to we want to know for sure what it's. We want to put our mechanical gauge on there. We don't want to worry about the uh, 
We want to take the dash out of that equation. Yeah. Yeah, that's... All right. What's the guesstimate of money? For a switch? Yeah. 400. 400, yeah, somewhere in there. Because they're, they're in the very back side of the engine, um, on the driver's side, and uh, they're... They're difficult to get to the the uh, the intake, labor. The intake plenum's got to come up on that one. Yeah, the intake. They want you to pull the intake up and out, and then it's easy to get to. Um, if you do that, it's easy to get to. I mean, if you've done a number of them like we have, uh, we don't always have to pull the intake, but you've got to be able to work without seeing anything. You got to be able to just put your hands back there and and work with knowing what you've done in the past. Otherwise, because you, you can't see it, you just have to be able to know okay. where it's at. Appreciate the help. Yep. Yep. Appreciate the call. So, like I said, the, the the switch is probably the first thing that we would probably head towards. Uh, One hundred seventy thousand miles. There is, it certainly is the possibility that he's got a. There's room for wear. There's room for wear, and that O-ring goes bad in that uh, pickup tube, and, and certainly causes that problem. So, uh, and we just we screw a manual gauge in it so that we know exactly what's going on, and we don't have to guess, and we're not sure mm-hmm. if the takes the, da- the dash to gauge everything out of play like you said and uh then we can accurately diagnose it so all right five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in so we can answer your question and we'll be back in just a minute all right we are back in the mr mechanic show five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in so we can answer your question we are buchanan service centers 80th and dodge 50th and dodge and guaranteed brakes 49th Avenue in Dodge. We're on Dodge. Stop no in. No reason to break down. No reason to break down. Stop by. And one of our three locations should be able to get to one of them. So, no problem. All right, we're going to go right back into the calls. Joe's got a question. Joel's got a question about a auto start and stop on engines. Yeah, I'm just curious. Um, with, all, with more and more cars having the uh, auto start and stop, have they engineered the starters and the ring gears and whatnot to uh, actually, you know, Handle it. Work out better with that. Yeah, handle it. Yeah, they have. Yes. Yes. It, yes. It's hundred percent. Yeah, these starters nowadays, uh, compared to the old days uh, back in the seventies, are a thousand times better. Yeah. And and they don't go bad as near as often. They're much more expensive, as you would gather that they would be. But yeah, they they're much more in better technology. The the start stop also though it adds another battery. So you're not you got your car battery and then you got another small battery that kind of runs the the start stop portion portion of it um so now you got an extra battery to replace but didn't you know that okay yeah well a lot I of people don't it's kind of hidden it's it, it's not very big battery it's more like a motorcycle battery slash lawn and garden battery it's it's much much smaller than your normal batteries is this one you got a car that you can turn it on and off yeah, with the button. You can turn it on and off with the button. They have to do it every time you start it. Okay. And I do know, if, so do you like it or don't like it or would like for it to go away? or? Uh, getting used to it, I guess. Getting used to uh, it. Okay. I got, 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 got a truck in October and just, you know, I played around with shutting it off every time and played around with, with just leaving it be. It doesn't really seem to make a, a huge difference on the mileage. So Yeah, and we have installed out there on the Internet. We, we found a place, and I can't remember right off the top of my head, but we found a place that uh, goes around that. What they do is they wire into the – if you pop the, the hood on the car and just leave it on the safety latch, the uh, it will always shut off. It will always – the auto start-stop won't work. So that particular company just wired something into the uh, 
the hood, hood, latch. The hood latch. You can still close the hood. It just thinks that it's open all the time as far as the computer goes, and that problem goes away. You never have to worry about it. So if you want to do that, it's search the Internet. You might be able to find it, and, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks worth of I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. You bet. Not a problem. Appreciate the call. Remember the first car you drove that had that auto start-stop feature? You pull up to a stop, and you're like, yeah. What happened? I didn't know what it was, and I think we were there for, I think we we had changed oil and checked for a noise. And I drove it around the block, and all of a sudden it died. And I, <laughs> oh, God. Really? And then I, and I thought, okay, well, it started right back up, and off we go. And then I get to the next block, and I go, okay, something's up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not sure what it is yet. And uh, by the time we get down, do a little research and think, not today, Satan. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Why did nobody put a bulletin out for at least somebody that can see it? So uh, yeah, yeah it, it was kind of an interesting, interesting first test drive. So, but now it's kind of getting commonplace. All right, we're gonna head over to Paul. Paul's got a question about the uh, the oil switch for that 09 Chevy truck we had earlier. Paul, what's what's your question or reference? Yeah, so uh, I had a 2009 Chevy Avalanche. Um, and I was just constantly having problems with the lifters getting stuck, and I kept bringing it in. And uh, they they said that uh, the first time I brought it in, they said that you know, oh, it's the lifters getting stuck. It's you just got to replace the lifters. Probably bad lifters. Let's replace them. So I replaced all sixteen. Drove for about three hundred uh, miles, and then it got stuck again. Replaced two of them. They said, oh, it's probably just defective. Let's you know get those new ones in and. Um, then I drove her for another hundred miles and, uh, and when it got stuck then I was like, okay, there's obviously something wrong. Right. Here. Uh, right. luckily it was also under warranty, but I, uh, I basically, um, didn't get to see the, the last time he just said he's going to keep it for a little longer. And he noticed that the oil pressure was dropping when he would be driving it. And, um, one person I had talked to, they had mentioned that screen that the gentleman had you or had brought up mm-hmm. get that screen cleaned out because if that gets um clogged that can sometimes cause the oil pressure to drop but um uh another guy had mentioned that they have this uh way of uh basically flushing your system uh they, it's like an oil change but they run they run it through really high pressured and it can clean help clean that screen but also just clean out any debris and stuff like that i don't know if you would recommend that or not what's the question i had for you because i ended up um taking it to a different mechanic we opened it uh they opened it up and um found one of the lifters was actually sideways inside the like we couldn't they couldn't get the lifter out they ended up having to pry it out the lifter was sideways to the point where the wheel that's on the end of the lifter was completely shaved off right like it and and i didn't know if that was because maybe the mechanic uh, put it in sideways through the sleeve, or it cannot happen just with it. it. Yeah, because they have a retainer that holds yeah. them straight. Yeah, that roller's got to be rolling in in the in the proper. Yeah, there's a plastic retainer that sits on top of the lifters that holds them right in their spot. So odds are either it got broken at some point and allowed that to happen. Yeah, if that retainer's not there, it'll, it'll turn sideways. Oh yeah, and it's got to be straight up and down, and that roller's got to be over going over top of that cam in the in the proper relationship. Right. Otherwise, the the holes don't line up that uh, that pressurize the the lifter. So yeah, most definitely. And yeah, so that that was one thing that we noticed. It obviously destroyed the camshaft. 
Right. Um, but, uh, it, I mean, it was completely shaved off, and I was wondering if it was something that the mechanic potentially put it in sideways, or do you think, like, what would cause it to shift like that? Because I didn't see any with the sleeves that they sit in. I didn't see anything that was broke that would cause it to to go in because they have those, uh, like, guidelines to help mm-hmm. it, make sure you put right. it in the right way. Right. Well, you only got two choices. One is he put it in wrong, and the second one is that, that uh, it, he put it in and it, it, it spun around, and when he put the retainer in there, he didn't notice it. Because yeah. once you put them in there, they're pretty cut and dried, and, and they'll stay in that spot. That They're not going to move. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't move at all. No. Well, no. I, I had... I spent thirty six hundred bucks to get all the, all the sixteen lifters replaced. Yeah, and then I went back to him after that and said, "Hey, can I get because it was under warranty?" I said, "I have to get a whole new engine now, or I'm going to just get a um, a crate engine because um, it had there was just other damage too." But um, mm-hmm. uh, basically, gave me fifteen hundred bucks back, and um, I'm putting a new crate engine in it with the DOD delete kit because one of the things that I've noticed with those, t- that t- I had a 2009 Avalanche, but that engine, it was like new technology for them to shut down part of the engine uh, when you're not using like on a highway and stuff like that. And right. I just felt like that was a cause of why some of these lifters were getting stuck. And so the DOD d- delete kit has different lifters, has a different VLOM plate on top. And um, then I'm gonna have a tuner tune it so it just stays in, uh, stays yeah. in like yep. v, like a V8 the whole time. Yeah, so. it works better. Yeah, when they when they got that active fuel management, it shuts off certain uh, lifters. They use high pressure oil to shut the lifters down. It's just it's it's a lot of moving parts, and a lot of moving parts is gonna break. And putting it back to like original on a delete, it will um, just make it more dependable for you. You're yeah, not, you're not, I mean, you're not gonna lose a tremendous amount of fuel mileage you know um and mine's already that way i I didn't have the active fuel management on mine which i like and uh but it doesn't get very good gas mileage but that's okay yeah but with that previous caller uh with the shutoff thing that drives me nuts personally but i've always been uh under the assumption that when a car uh idles you you're using less gas than starting it that's how it was always taught to me and so that just was bonkers when we're thinking about mtpgs well, and shutting off the car and turning it back on. All the in this time, part so. of the country, it doesn't make sense. Just because we're wide open, we're you know, we're just not in traffic that often. I mean, if we're in a traffic right. jam around here, it's because somebody crashed, and then about twenty minutes later, the crash is gone, and we're back going. But if you live in a, in a huge metropolitan area, you know, Atlanta, Chicago, L.A., the, the benefits of this is huge, and that's kind of why they did it. But uh, you I, know, if you live in Kansas or Nebraska, we don't care. It's just yeah. a, it's just I, an annoyance. I appreciate to us. you. I appreciate you showing the workaround for that because I know that someday I'm probably going to end up in one of those cars and it's just going to make me want to pull my hair out. So. Yep, yep. <laughs> They're on the Internet. That's how we found it. Yep. Hey, Paul, I appreciate cool. the call. I appreciate the information. Yep, happy Easter. Yeah, same to you. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a moment. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th and Dodge. Stop in and see us. We're going to head over to Billy. He's got a 2010 PT Cruiser. Billy, what's going on? You keeping this car up and running still? Oh, gosh, yes. It only has 60,000 miles on it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a it's a real cream puff. But what it's been doing this past month, I'll be tootling down the street, like at 25 miles an hour or 30, and... It just stops. It did it twice on me this month. 
So then I put it in park, push, push the key again, and it starts right up again. So I'm wondering, it's telling me something. Yeah, it's, uh, it's time to go in for service. Something's wrong. <laughs> well, I tell you what my first uh, inclination would be, and, and we'll see what Kyle's, what, what he says, but I think you've probably got a cam sensor bad in this car. That's what I think. Or the crank sensor. Oh. Or the crank sensor. That's what I think. I take uh, it now, you don't have a check engine light on, right? No. No. Okay. I, I'd narrow it down to one of those two. Yeah. Cam sen- a cra- a camshaft sensor or crankshaft sensor, uh, it's electronic. I don't think it's fuel. And the reason I say that is because it dies on you and starts right back up. Yep. That's typically right. an electronic problem. Um, and they were very common for uh, camshaft sensors to go bad and crankshaft sensors to go bad. Um, is this something you're going to take to a shop or do it yourself? Oh, heavens. I'll take it to a shop, but I'm going to go in there with those two things. Yeah. The camshaft sensor's bad or the crankshaft sensor's bad? Yeah, potentially. So they, potentially. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. They're going to want to look at it a little bit just to determine, but a lot of times that camshaft sensor will will. Uh, it's not supposed to have oil leaking out of the connector, and a lot of times it will, and then electronically it just breaks down and causes it to die. So that's oh my gosh, yeah, because I, I baby the car. It's an absolutely doll car. It's so cute. It never gives me any problem at all. Till now, so, <laughs> yeah, a little you bit. Know, but, but that's a common problem. So yeah, I mean they were pretty good little cars. They were a lot of they were fun cars. This a is it? Did you say it was a coupe or is it a convertible? No, it's not the convertible, oh, so okay. it's four-door, but it's just darling. It's, yep. I, I absolutely adore it. Never gave me a problem. I get it. The oil changed all the time, you know, regularly. Yeah. I got the same guy doing it. He always wants to buy it from me, especially now. He wants to give me more than what I paid for it. Wow. <laughs> we all love those cars that uh, people just baby them and take care of them and, and uh, treat them as their own instead of just abusing yeah. them and beating them up. Yeah, we, we can't wait to, to get those cars. Oh, it's a doll car, like I said. But you gave me the, the answer. I'm going to go in there with in the know. So thank you, guys. All right. You're welcome. Have a great day. Appreciate the call. I, I don't whatever What other electronic problems have with that car? I, computer? I guess a computer does. Yeah, that's true. But And then if it misfires, they got coil problems, but that yeah. doesn't usually cause it to die. If it dies, it's on a truck. Every 100,000, you got to put a timing belt in those, and yeah. that's its own chore. It is its own chore. <laughs> Doing they, the work is there's one bad part to that timing belt, and that's getting the motor mount out. Yeah. The rest of it's easy. Yeah. I mean, they, they did use a little bit of a shoehorn to uh, to get it in there. If it were a rear-wheel drive car, it'd be easy, but no. Can't have that. Yeah. You know, they should have had a rear-wheel drive car like that, huh? I mean, they, they were pretty innovative at that time. I think you Didn't your dad have one forever? Did he still have one? He still has one. He still has one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you've worked on it a lot. I have experience under the hood of those. <laughs> PTs. <laughs> yep. So you are you are an authorized PT cruiser mechanic, uh, mechanic yeah. along with the Daewoo mechanic, weren't you? At yeah. One time. Oh yeah, Daewoo uh, certified. Yeah, Daewoo certified. Kyle's one of the uh, last Daewoo certified. Tr- Got a patch somewhere at home. <laughs> I get it on my jacket. <laughs> All right, that's good. Mr. Mechanic, we're getting ready to start at the end of the show. So 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early so we can help you with your problems. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week.